Welcome to the Iron Self Podcast, where we jump into health, fitness, mindset, and becoming the best version of yourself. Today with your hosts, Mike and Kayla Minion. Welcome to today's episode. Today we are talking about the myth of the calorie deficit. Now I know what anybody who has any training in the nutrition realm is thinking. There is no myth about a calorie deficit. But what we actually want to talk to you guys about today is the myth around the general population's thought of what the calorie deficit is. Because most people uh, who are on a weight loss journey in general have been on such a crazy calorie deficit for so long that it's actually having the reverse effect that it should on them. Segway. <laughs> so most of the time when people come oh, come to us for some sort of nutrition coaching, uh, especially in the weight loss realm, they're usually eating around that thousand calorie mark, maybe 1200 calories is where I often see a lot of females. And the problem with that is, is it's usually well below where they need to be eating. And we have something called metabolic adaptation that takes place where you're essentially your body down regulates your metabolism to match the amount of calories that you're feeding it. So the idea there would be that every time your metabolism adapts, that you're going to have to eat less in order to lose more weight. Well, if I went with that theory and kept eating less and less and less, there, you'd hit a point where you're essentially not eating, and that's where you maybe see really long-duration fasting. We'll get into that for other effects. <laughs> That'll be another episode. That's another episode. <laughs> uh, but essentially, you're putting yourself into that starvation mode. Now, any amount of calorie deficit for weight loss is controlled starvation. Do I need to say that again? It is controlled starvation. So there is no point where you will not necessarily feel hungry. I mean, if you're eating a lot of whole foods, maybe you're going to feel really satiated, but it is controlled starvation in order to lose weight. I want to jump in there for one second because, again, a lot of our clients that come to us for nutrition, for weight loss, have completely lost their hunger cues. They show up and they they say they never feel hungry. They're eating 1,000 calories a day and they never feel hungry. Why is that? So that's often because our our hormones get disrupted. So we have our hormone ghrelin that essentially tells us that we are hungry. That's like that. I always associate it with that grumbly feeling in your tummy. Not <laughs> the grumble that, of ghrelin. Not that it necessarily always grumbles, but ghrelin and grumble, it's how I remember it. <laughs> <laughs> and then leptin being our satiety hormone. So it tells us that we are feeling satiated. And so if leptin levels are really high, which might also coincide with something that we call insulin sensitivity uh, that those being really really high might actually negate any kind of hunger feelings and it's also we begin to lose that contact with our body that felt sense with our body and that connection right I mean most people that tend to not eat very much we tend to be busy bodies and we tend to you know almost I'm going to use the word forget to eat or almost replace the idea of food They, they they get so busy with things with stuff in their day that they they say they forgot to eat and it doesn't become a big deal to them because they're so used to eating in this crazy deficit for so long. It's just become their regular life. Exactly. It's essentially on the back burner. It's no longer a thought. It's like an afterthought. Oh, I didn't eat anything today. I should probably eat. The crazy thing for me in that sense is that these people have been dieting for so long and they're expecting a different result. And that that the old saying is, you know, if you if you do the same thing over and over, expect a different result. It's like it's the definition of insanity, right? It is. The I, keep, I keep eating in a deficit, but I'm not losing weight. 
well, maybe you need to change that thought process around it. Well, and I mean, let's take a little bit of a look. Are you looking for weight loss, specifically stepping on a scale and physically seeing a number change? Or are you looking for body recomposition? You want your body to look slightly different. And those are very intertwined because often people are looking for a certain look with their body, but then they want the number on the scale to really match what they think that look is. So they look at this person and they go, oh, I want my body to look like that. I assume this person weighs this much weight, therefore I should weigh this much weight. But we don't take into consideration uh, your bone density, your muscle mass. Like there's so many other things that we need to like look at in order to be able to say, this is how much would be an ideal body weight for your person. An ideal body weight is another, that's another rabbit hole to jump down to because, you know, like everybody's body is different. Everybody's body composition is different. Like you were saying, bone density plays a big portion of that too. And you got to keep in mind that muscle actually weighs more than fat. So if you, if you are a muscular person, you might weigh more than you would think you do and you know just because you can see your abs it doesn't mean that you're you know you're you're in shape or you're out of shape it, your body density can be completely different than somebody else's right and i mean like this kind of plays into how do we figure out how many calories a person might need in order to either be at what we're going to call maintenance be in a calorie deficit be in that calorie surplus how do you determine that? And now if you go to your Western medicine doctor, your doctor is going to look at something called your body mass index, your BMI. Yeah. Now, BMI... Just, it, it, BMI is crazy because it takes your height and it takes your weight and then it gives you an idea of where you should be. But that's insane. Yeah, you, <laughs> just, you just end up shooting all over yourself. <laughs> no, uh, BMI, I don't like to use BMI and I pretty much don't use it with any clients. And the reason for that is BMI tells me, now I'm five three and a half, and I weigh 136 pounds. She's obese. I'm considered obese. Because, because she is a short person, right? Because I'm short. And if you can see me on camera right now, I don't think I'm obese. But Probably not. <laughs> but, the, but the thing is, is that... It essentially tells you that you should be this certain way. So then we're just exacerbating the issue that I should weigh a certain amount based on what the scale tells me. And if the scale doesn't tell me, then I'm either good or bad. I let it define my being. For, for Kayla's height, I think for her to be in the normal range, she should be, according to it, I think between 110 and 115 pounds. That is insane. That That, that is an absolute mind-blowing thing that they're telling people that are short that they better be thin as well they better have no fat on them i'm sorry that is that is not the right way to go about it so now that we've said bmi is probably not the best way to do it the very best way to do it would be to figure out your maintenance calories <laughs> so so this is one of those things where you can definitely you know you, you go to a professional that knows how to figure out what your body fat percentage is they can tell you what your lean mass is they can do this through a couple different ways there's they could do a dex they could do like skinfold calipers there's there's several we, we ways to do it calipers. we use skinfold calipers because you know you can take an average of your three clips and go from there and it, it's a fairly accurate way to do it um, to find a body fat percentage and from there we can figure out calories and it's this big scientific number Equation, game yeah, yeah. To, to make these magic numbers I mean, to tell you where you should be. There are tons and tons of 
uh, equations that you can do online too. You can plunk a little thing in and it gives you an idea. At the end of the day, everything is an equation. Just because an equation spits out a number at you does not mean that that equation or that number is correct because it gives you a ballpark. So it'll say, this is your ballpark for maintenance calories. Yep. Now, if this is my ballpark for maintenance calories, let's spend a little time playing with this calories. Am I able to maintain my weight at this level of calories? Am I gaining weight or am I losing weight? Because you've got to determine what your true maintenance is. And I'm going to give you an example of this, okay? This works really well for Mike, maybe not so well for myself. <laughs> so we were trying to determine Mike's maintenance calories. So I calculated them. And now I, I do pride myself on being really good at weight loss. So you don't come to a weight loss coach to put on muscle <laughs> or put on weight necessarily. But anyways, the, Mike came to me and he said, I want to put on some weight. And I said, okay. So we determined what maintenance was and we put him about 500 calories above that because I know that Mike's metabolism is quite quick and quite adaptive. It, his, he likes, his body loves food and it just seems to just burn it. Okay. So Mike, we started him out. He was eating a ton of calories. It was right around the 3000 mark. Just, just over 3000. I think we were at 3200 to start and I was still losing weight. And what I should have done is I should have monitored him every week to every two weeks looking at whether or not he was gaining or losing weight. What ended up happening we, was we I left it for a month. month, a month and, and, and I lost about seven pounds. No, it was closer to the 10 pound mark. But anyways, <laughs> a big loss. So, so the point is, is that he was eating 33,000 calories and he was losing weight. And I should have looked at that well before then. So then we started increasing calories and it got to the point where we were, we were sitting about 4,500 calories and found maintenance. He wasn't, like he wasn't gaining weight, he wasn't losing weight, 4,500 calories based on what his physical activity level was at the time ended up being maintenance. And so that was really mind boggling for us because it was like, okay, we have to play around with this because the equation told us, I think the equation told me around 2,800 was maintenance for him. And so, which is why we put him just over 3,000 calories for that surplus. But again, I, I want a little caveat here is that this is a trained professional who does this for a living. Like, this isn't just an equation on the internet. This is, this is actually what we do. Science, and, yeah. And this, this is a good way to see that everybody, everybody, everybody is completely different, right? So just because a, a calculator tells us that this is what those calories should be, doesn't mean that that is set in stone because my body likes to rev high. I have a very fast metabolism. My body loves to burn food. Um, I also live fairly actively. I, I'm a very active person. So it all depends on a lot of different factors. Just putting numbers into a calculator again and getting a number and saying, this is what I need to eat at. It's not going to be hundred percent. You need to listen to your body. You need to see how your body adapts to the changes you're giving it. And a second caveat to that is if you're eating a thousand calories, and you figure out that your maintenance is 2,200 calories, the, the last thing you're going to want to do is jump from 1,000 to 2,200 in a day and then stay at this 2,200. You're just going to put on weight. You're, you're going to actually start packing on weight because your body's going to be like, oh, what do we do with all this extra food? Store, store, store. Because you have to slowly bring that metabolism up. Otherwise, you're, again, your, your body won't know what to do with it, right? So I've got a couple different things here. I, I mean, I've been listening to what you're saying, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, we got to talk about this. Oh, my gosh, we got to talk about this. <laughs> so a couple of different things. So Mike's metabolism is really quick. 
which actually means that it's really inefficient. It sucks. Yeah. yeah, it's really <laughs> inefficient. I, on the other hand, my metabolism is very slow and it's very efficient. So what that means is that for every molecule of fat or carbohydrate that my body burns, I actually get the most. I suck all of the energy that I can out of every molecule. Whereas Mike's body is like, eh, we'll take a little bit here, we'll take a little bit there. You know, we don't need all of that, you know, and so it becomes very different in how our bodies burn. Now, when it comes to weight loss for myself, I have to really be very mindful. And so Mike's talking about rebuilding that metabolism. You know, if if you have a thousand calories and we're going to rebuild that metabolism, we need to slowly increase those calories, bring you up, figure out what your maintenance is to decrease. Now I have a lot of people that are living in fear going, oh my gosh, I'm going to put on weight. But I'm going to tell you right now, if we rebuild that metabolism, you shouldn't put on any weight whatsoever. You might put on a little bit of water weight in the first, water right? Weight, yeah. Right when you're first starting back into it, and I've seen this before, and I've had people that are like kind of freak out, and they're like, "I'm up two pounds," and it's like, "Okay, calm down, stick with the program," because if you if you jump back to these super low calories, you're going to be right back where you were. We're slowly introducing calories so that we can build that back up, right? Yes. So there is a a lot of things that kind of play into here. Now, males versus females are also very, very different in how we respond to calories, to food. So I'm going to kind of touch on those differences and I'm going to get a little like nerdy and sciencey on you guys. I'm a nerd. But (laughs) I think it's really important that we understand this. So females, we have our reproductive cycle, right? So our body changes our hormone levels throughout the month, right? We go from what I'm going to call my energy phase, because that's what I I feel the most energy. I get really like happy. It's our follicular phase. So right after you've had your period, it's the follicular phase. And we our estrogen levels are high. Where Our serotonin and dopamine, so our feel-good hormones, are also very high because estrogen's high. Where our leptin levels are nice and like level, you, you'll notice that hunger satiety seems to be pretty average side effect of that that's the best time for growing muscle if you're a woman it is yes now all of a sudden you have ovulation and estrogen starts to kind of slowly it peaks at ovulation and slowly depletes from there and we get our progesterone levels that start to rise now progesterone think of it as when you go into the luteal phase so after your ovulation your body essentially says we prepare, might be pregnant. We prepare for baby. So what happens is that prepare for baby stage, now that luteal phase can vary in length, but that phase is all about storage. Yeah. Pack it on, right? You got to get ready for this baby. Yeah. Whether you're pregnant or not. So it, it actually doesn't matter if you have consummated, we'll call it, if you're pregnant or not. It, it literally makes no difference. Your body doesn't know the difference So with the progesterone levels rising, what happens is it says to your body, we need to start storing things. And so progesterone levels rise, we start to lose as much serotonin and dopamine. So those levels drop, you'll notice that your energy levels, your mood maybe changes. I kind of call it the crazy phase because you're not really (laughs) sure if you're... (laughs) I think I'm the one who calls it the crazy phase, to be honest. (laughs) Um, And then your leptin levels actually rise. Now leptin being your satiety hormone, you think, oh my gosh, okay, I should feel more satiated. But because your body is preparing for possible birth, like child, not birth, 
whatever storage of baby What's storage the, of baby pregnancy <laughs> pregnancy that's the word i'm looking for storage oh of baby God. guys <laughs> gosh anyways so because your body is preparing for that it essentially blocks the leptin levels and so we get leptin resistance which blunts that signal from leptin to your brain saying hey we're feeling satiated so, so there is this increased hormone for the satiety but at the same time it's blocking it so it's like nope we're just gonna keep eating now it's just <laughs> During that luteal phase, females actually burn 100 to 300 more calories a day. But the problem is because our satiety is blunted, our ghrelin levels rise, so we get increased hunger, that most females tend to overeat by about 500 calories a day. So now let's think on that. If I have a 1 to 300 calorie deficit and I'm overeating by 500 calories a day, still a 200 calorie I'm surplus. Still 200 calorie surplus. Now, that doesn't seem like much, but if I'm in a 200 calorie surplus. Seven days a week, that's 1400 extra calories. Bam. Mic drop, right? Like that's a lot. Now, 3500 calories is one pound of fat. So if I'm in that surplus at that minimum of 500 for two weeks, I'm almost at a pound of fat in that in that late luteal phase now couple that with cortisol cortisol being your stress hormone so you got progesterone saying store stuff then cortisol comes in and goes hey i know you're really stressed we should also store. make sure that we store stuff yeah and now what's happening in that female body is like store 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 so this this could be a whole other podcast and it probably will be on how to keep those stress levels low through that luteal phase too right but now the the big thing here is now looking at those calories and that change in the calories so you got like two weeks of muscle building and then you got two weeks of essentially it's not really i mean 22 to 32 days for your cycle <laughs> but essentially you've got muscle building for two weeks you've got two weeks of storage like you're, it, you're, you're fighting you're fighting your hormones you're fighting nature yeah so so, we, so don't feel bad like there, there's so many women that struggle with weight loss and you are not alone and and it is not an easy thing to do so reaching out to somebody that does know what they're doing it, it can help a lot or just you know do, doing a lot of research on your own be, be the scientist be the nerd figure out how to make it work and hormonal changes also take place in menopause and postmenopause. so just making sure that you are feeding your body and moving your body as optimal for your hormones uh, it can be become very beneficial for females specifically. Now, males, they don't have the same fluctuations in their hormones, uh, and they... We do have lower testosterone as we age, and then we start to put on more weight right around here. The midsection, right, yeah. which is called male pattern weight right? gain. Just like male pattern baldness. No. <laughs> <laughs> but essentially, your, your leptin and ghrelin levels don't fluctuate, fluctuate as, as what I'm going to call as crazy. She loves the word crazy when she's talking about it. My hormones. Ladies. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I do. I feel crazy at certain times in my cycle. So <laughs> that week right before my period, do not make me make any decisions. <laughs> They're very emotion-driven decisions. They're emotion-driven. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm going to make us wrap this up a little bit today just Ooh. because we could go on forever. But we forgot to talk about our the difference in calories in food. Whole foods versus I guess we're going to go a little foods. bit longer. Okay. <laughs> so pro we, with we, pre we preach whole foods. What are whole foods? Make it easy. 
whole foods are going to be anything that comes naturally. So the least processed form of the food possible. So if you are eating meat, just eat the meat. If you are like, like the the real meat, not like meat slices. Or like chicken cutlets that are breaded or something. Right? Yeah. Or, or... <laughs> so we're talking about whole foods being vegetables, fruit, nuts, seeds, beans, lentils, meat. Uh, essentially, I mean, you could look at some dairy products, but they are pretty processed as well. Essentially, as close to its natural state as possible is the easiest definition of a whole food. Now, most people, we eat Processed foods. Very hybrid diet, we'll call it, and because there is, most people do include some meats or beans or whatever their main protein source is, is generally going to be more of the whole food idea. It's, it's all the crap that gets thrown in on top of that. Well, and the problem with processed foods is it's highly palatable, meaning it tastes really good and it gives us those feel-good hormones, those dopamine, serotonin hits that we are looking for so that we want to come back, we want to eat more of it, or so that we can't necessarily stop eating it. Yeah. It becomes addictive, right? Well, that's that's fast food to a T, right? It, it, it is that highly palatable food that the second you smell it, and this is why they have those giant blowers on the top of McDonald's, so everybody smells their darn fries. <laughs> but that's that's the idea, right? It, it gets you, it, it makes you have that dopamine hit when you start to think about this food. Yeah, exactly. And so then you want to have it. Then the other part of this is that you we live in a fast-paced society where everything is go, go, go. Very few people these days I mean, I would say us aside, very few people sit down to have meals as a family. Uh, we make sure that that is a priority in our house, but we don't often take time to sit and enjoy the food these days. And so then that really comes into like, how can I get dinner into everybody, right? If you've got busy people running off to hockey practices and you've got to eat dinner at four o'clock because hockey practice is from, you know, five to nine or whatever. And you're running all around to do all these different things. Then convenience turns into king, which is, which is where a lot of this comes in with fast food and just the quick, processed the foods. quick processed foods, right? You get your hungry man down or slap it in the microwave and eat it well another option to that would be to like we do we, we like to cook huge meals of whole foods and then we freeze dishes so then we can just pull those out and heat them up i mean the other part of this too is looking at what kind of a diet do you have so if you are a vegetarian or a vegan a lot of the the what i'm going to call the protein sources tend to be very processed right you i mean there's that big explosion in beyond meat burgers and all of the other kind of vegetarian style i'm going to call processed proteins that are out there where you could actually save a ton of money and change your body composition by eating more of the whole food the beans the lentils and all of those kinds of things instead and but it takes preparation and i yeah. think that that's where the like piss poor planning causes the five p's the five p's right it's <laughs> what is it again proper <laughs> preparation prevents poor performance there, there it go. is there you go <laughs> Apparently I had it backwards there. Yeah. <laughs> you want to start with the best pour. <laughs> but the, the, the idea here is that you want to plan as much as possible. You want to prepare in advance as much as possible. Now, there are tons and tons of meal prep services out there. You can get like things like chef's plate and whatnot delivered to your door these days. Now, looking at 
uh, is it going to be more convenient? Is it going to be equally as healthy? Those kinds of things. But the more you eat whole foods, the more your body's going to respond to them. Not all calories are created equal. If an apple is 105 calories and you decide that you're going to have french fries that equals 105 calories, I will tell you right now, your body will absorb less of the calories from that apple than it will from the french fries simply through something that we call uh, active thermogenesis, essentially. So it's the way, the amount of calories that your body burns in order to Consume. process a food. And now we don't often take that into consideration when we're counting calories and so on and so forth, because we don't need to say, oh, that apple, I'm gonna actually only absorb 70 calories and do all the math to downregulate that. But the more you eat whole foods, the more satiated your body's going to feel, the healthier you're going to feel, and you will change your taste buds over time. Most people will say, oh, I don't like eating this thing or that thing, but if you actually you start eating more whole foods, you're gonna start noticing those processed foods are very salty or very high, like fat palatable on your um, skin or tongue or whatever. That's the most common thing that we hear from a lot of our clients is when they, when they start on this whole food journey and they start eating more healthy and then they go out with their friends and they get a plate of wings or they get something that's just super salty they're like i can't believe that i used to eat this all the time like it it actually like hurt my tongue this time or your yeah your mouth hurts you start to get like like almost like that raw feeling in your mouth and but it's crazy because without knowing about this and without changing these these thought processes we have around the food and the way that we perceive it then then your body just adapts to it and gets used to the fact that yeah we're just gonna throw all these empty calories at it and it just that, that's normal right <laughs> so let's go back to the original purpose of this episode this episode was the myth of the calorie deficit and i think we talked till we were blue in the face almost about what a calorie deficit actually is and determining maybe what maintenance is and coming above or below depending on what your goals are so and i want to touch on that one more time quickly just because a lot of people are probably listening they're like okay well you told me that i'm probably eating too little of food but how do i get there without knowing exactly what my body fat percentage or anything like that is and the easy answer to that is it's going to take some time so if you want to do it on your own 100% empower you all the way. The best way to do it would be take what you're currently eating, track it, and then slowly add a little bit more calories. So say where you're at is 1,000, add up to 1,200. Eat that for a couple weeks, see what your weight does. If it fluctuates at all, nope, great. Bring it up a little bit higher. What we actually wanna do is get a little, a little bit of a raise in your, in your weight, so then your body, then you know, okay, if I went up by 200 calories for you know, an eight week period and now I'm at 1800 calories and I get a little spike in weight. Well, now we know that that is above maintenance. So now we're going to actually come just below that and stay, say 17, 1600 or whatever it would be so that you're just under where you started to gain weight and that'll be your maintenance. Now you're going to have to eat there for a little bit. So your body gets used to what it should be taking in and you'll get some good body recomposition at maintenance anyways. right so just just at maintenance if you stick at that maintenance for a month whatever your, your body's going to get used to that you'll see changes in your body and then at that point if you want to lose some weight then you can take it just under that and again you're not dropping right back down to a thousand but come down to two to five hundred calories depending and, on what your goals and how fast you want to lose weight but you don't want to do too fast because anything too fast like that is not going to be sustainable and then you're going to be right back where you started. And if your body, if you are a chronic dieter and you've done a lot of dieting in the past, your mm -hmm. body will fight you a lot harder 
when it comes to dieting. So too drastic of a drop, you will see your body fight you back on that a little bit. So be really conservative in the deficit and you have to be your own scientist. And even when you come to a professional like us, you have to be a scientist when you're looking at it and go, are we seeing the changes that we want? What else can we do? Because if you drop those calories too low for too long, again, you get that metabolic adaptation and now you're back to square one all over again. And the other thing for that is if you are what we'll call a career dieter, you've been dieting forever, you might need to stay at that maintenance for longer than that month. It, it, it takes a while for your body. Your body is a beautiful thing. It will learn how to regulate again. But you got to think, you've been in that calorie deficit for so long, you, your body needs to figure out how to use its systems properly again. So you might be there for a while. Well, and the biggest indicator that you know that it's okay to start playing around with your calories a little bit more after you've been at maintenance for a while is hunger and satiety cues. If you, like yeah. if you eat and you're hungry after you eat, your hunger and satiety cues are still a little bit wonky. If you feel hungry, you eat, and you feel satiated after you eat and you don't feel like you need to eat for a while after, then you know that things are kind of working to Starting your benefit. And yeah. you want to see things like your nail growth uh, becoming you know, harder or fuller. You want to start noticing maybe your skin complexion clears up. Like there's a lot of things that take place when your body is at maintenance for a while and you'll start to know that, notice that body, your body just works and runs a little better. Yeah. So I think that that was the last thing that I wanted to say. I just wanted I did I didn't want to leave anybody hanging, right? If if we're giving you the information, I want to give it to you so you can actually use it. Yes, and I hope that you guys got something out of today's episode. If you love today's episode, please like it, share it with your friends, share it with your loved ones, share it with someone that you feel could benefit from today. Thank you so much. Take Have care. A good day, guys. Bye for now.